0: This week, we'll be talking Sabres, Sabres, and more Sabres, delving into the draft, free agency, and more. Then, we'll be bringing our new topic to light, Would You Rather? And finally, we'll do the rundown with some hot takes, trivia, and more. Mm -hmm. This is the Buffalonian Podcast. All right, let's go. Back with episode 16 of the Buffalonian podcast. I'm Joe Kelly and as always, I'm joined by Dom Loss and Mike Marino, and we're going to give you all the sabers you can take today. They exited the draft with all 11 picks, no trades, no nothing special, just all 11 picks. I don't know. I give Kevin Adams some credit for what happened. I,
1: I thought it was a good draft. Dom, how you feeling? I think it's one of the best drafts in the entire NHL, and it really, you know, making all 11 selections is really increase the depth in the entire prospect pool, yeah. both in the defense, for group, and goal, also goalie as well. I was getting excited watching it. I'm going to be 100%
0: honest with you. I'm really much looking forward to next season.
2: Yeah, no, He took a lot of players that have a lot of upside, so they could all be... I, even throughout the mid-rounds, I could see those guys making the team one day and actually contributing.
1: Yeah, I think all of us kind of, at the beginning at the end of the season, thought that they should have traded one of their For three first round picks, for maybe a player that could play, almost got number seven. We'll get into that. But uh, for a player that maybe they could play today, but I think as the you know the draft approached, I think all of us kind of changed our mind a little bit that it was probably you know wise for the Sabres to make three first round selections. And I mean at that point, it was just a matter of if they were going to hit on those three first round picks. Obviously, you know what we're less than a week after the draft, so I mean we still have no idea if any of these prospects really are going to be us Vennagellars, but from you know, a lot of analysts and all that, it seems like they made three very solid first-round pick selections. Right, and I mean, a lot of people compare the NHL draft in their number
0: one picks to NFL, but I don't think that's really... That's a bad comparison. Yeah, you NFL, can't, because NFL... they might not play in the NHL for three years. They might be in the AHL and the prospect teams.
1: NHL, either you play right away, you're on the practice squad, or you're cut. Exactly. You know, NHL, there's ri- really any time... Like, only the first couple of guys every year even in last NHL. year,
2: Powers number one overall, and he didn't play in the league.
1: Yeah, he played um, it the last eight games of the season. That's it. Yeah. yeah, I don't think anyone from that draft last year was a full time NHL player. I know some of them like been years. I mean, they got like as Power did got time at the end of the year, but I don't think any anyone. It's played more roles. of experiment time than anything. It's not you know they unless knew they weren't you have of the the, like
2: that Connor McDavid generational player. They'll start yeah. from day one. But Michael, like, Michael like, did. Those, yeah, Sam Reinhardt
1: didn't. Sam Reinhardt was second overall picked in. But like, you'll year. think
2: like Slavkovsky will probably play. Shane Wright will probably play, being number four, but he was projected yeah, number I, I one. I doubt Nemec, Nemec plays. probably won't. Cooley's not; he's going to college.
1: Yeah, Yeah, he is. Yeah, I don't. I think though, I think Wright and Sefkowski are probably the only two guys that. To start I mean, the year, Yuri Coolers the 20th pick for the Sabres. Thinks he will, but I doubt <laughs> that. But I just think it was a very successful draft, Mike. You did watching it together. He did scare me a little bit because it said that. You know, the ninth overall pick, you know, Kevin M says where it's from. It's from Winnipeg in the Western Hockey League. And, of course, there's also either Matthew Savoy, who the Sabres picked, or right. Connor Geeky, the forward that the uh, uh, Arizona Coyotes picked at 11. And I will say this right now, Matthew Savoy is significantly better than Connor Geeky. Yes. And Mike decided to open his mouth, as Kevin Adams said that, and said, Oh, it's Connor Geeky, which immediately made my heart, like, sink. Fall, yeah. Because I was like, that's a bad pick. That would be a bad pick. Well, Savoy, if, all those, if all the talent on the board, if they would have picked Conor Giki there, I would have felt very sad. Yeah. Very quickly. Right. And, I mean, here's my question. Was Savoy, I thought he was that he was supposed to go
0: earlier than that.
1: I honestly, you know, some people think he has, you know, the, the potential to be the best player in the draft. I think a lot of people thought he was a top five player. Uh, a lot of, you know, again, I, I don't think any of us are complete draft experts. From but What I'm hearing from the experts is that he is the most offensively talented player that the Sabres have drafted since Jack Eichel. So I think that's a pretty significant, you know, significant thing to hear. Um, yeah. Obviously, the only concern about him is that he's five nine. But hey, I'm five nine. You know, let listen, him play. Let listen, him play. The Sabres the last time they were good had Chris Jurey and Danny Breer, who were five ten, five nine, as their two centers down the middle. So it's I a repeat. Think, I think size is slightly overrated. Um, so yeah, I think he, I think he's one of those guys that people expected to possibly be a top five pick. Um, obviously, Yurick the right shot demon for Columbus, is just kind of a need pick, but he was. A good player. I mean, Gochi, I think it was a bad pick by the Flyers. Mm-hmm. Uh, who did the Blackhawks pick at 7? Kaczynski. That was a bad pick. I think I thought for a second that the Sabres might have picked him because he's a toolsy kind of guy, but he's yeah. also a left shot dude. That mm-hmm. would have been a bad pick. Um, and then 8 was Casper. He was all right. right. But, um, no, I think that's Savoy that's was a the Steve best Eichmann player. Pick. Savoy was the best player on the board. Yeah. And
0: they made the right pick. One thing I want to say about the draft, just not Sabres-related, I, I mean, the funniest thing to me is the second Elias Patterson being drafted by the same exact team, trying for the repeat of the, you know, five years ago Rookie of the Year. I thought that was very funny. I, I, I laughed when gonna, I saw it.
2: They're going to be a little bit different players. Yeah,
0: yeah. But, I mean, it's just it, the, the similarity, you know what I mean, where they're from, their height, everything. I just thought that was very funny to come I, out of
1: it. I had to say my one gripe about the draft is everyone, I think it's cool that, like, every team walks up there and makes their pick. But I don't need everyone, you know... Taking a picture after and stuff? Like, talking for... You know, Kevin Adams went right to the point and drafted. Steve Dyers, GM for the Red Wings, went right to the point and drafted your player. Like, I I mean, you could say thank you for hosting. Here's our player. Like, I don't need... Oh, a spiel. Thank you for a watch party out in... You know, two thousand miles away or whatever. It's like yeah. no, no one, no one cares. No. Like, we're here to like, listen, we're like, here to watch. It the takes draft. too long. man. Yeah. I'm sorry. Like, draft is a draft. It's not a tailgate. It's nothing. Just, yeah. just draft your player. And get out of there. So the other two players that the Sabers drafted um, in day one of the draft, 16th overall and 20th overall, was Noah Oslin, who was a center out of Sweden, and then Yuri Kulik, who is a center out of the Czech. Um,
2: uh, I just want to say, like, you know how we were talking about a few pods ago, like what the Sabers want to do down the middle. Yeah. Obviously, maybe <laughs> Obviously, the center, kind of they're the Yeah, they're yeah. not convinced. Maybe at what Kevin the must are be, a be a listener.
1: I think that was a, that's a very interesting point that you just made because I think it's really a, a red flag for anyone that's ho- ho- having any Casey Milstead stock. In my opinion, yeah, I think he's like I think this is a huge like well, boomer bust. I don't think him. all three yeah. of them are going to end up playing
2: center. I think Savoy's going to become a winger. Just because of his size, Kulic can play all three positions. I think Kulic will be a center, and I honestly I think Naslin, will, Naslin, Oslin, will be a center as well. Just right. Because he's been, he doesn't put up goals, but it seems like he really is a pass first kind of guy, and really likes to set up plays. And I think the best way to do that would be from the center.
0: Yeah. yeah. Honestly, I saw Oslin get drafted, and. I, he was like the James Cook of this draft, I'm going to be honest with you. You didn't know if he was good or not? No, he didn't look too
1: thrilled to be drafted by the Sabres. Uh, you know think, what I mean? I, like, he, <laughs> it was, I, I think, was like, I oh, think, we got another I guy. Think he just had that face, but he's an interesting pick. I think a lot of people had him as a low 20, so maybe a slight slight reach. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not a bad pick. I mean, obviously you said, pass first guy. He's you know a pretty solid defensive forward, uh, again, as experts say. So I think that's another great pick. And then Krulik, you know, may have been a top 20 guy. A lot of people... So Savoy and Austin are like the high, high ceiling guys. Right, Kulik, you know, Yuri Kulik still has a high, high ceiling,
2: mm-hmm.
1: but he has like a really high floor where people think he will, he will, like he's big, like he's six foot, plays a big game. People yeah. think he'll pan out to, and he has a great shot. People think he'll at least pan out to at least be a third liner, and mm-hmm. another, and possibly be a, like a second liner. But he'll at least, he has a high floor, so. I think Coolidge okay, makes the NHL before Oslin.
2: I would really? agree with
1: that. because Oslin's at least two years out. I think Austin's kind
2: of like a Rosen, where they're going to need a few years to develop.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, Okay, you think Coolidge is ready to just go I out? Think
2: and play? Kulich, I think Coolidge I don't think, think he's ready to I go think right he's now. He's two years out. I don't think he's coming until like. Oh, but he's. Be-
1: you're saying he's before. I, I think, think Oslin. Yeah. I think Austin's like two years out, and then plus Rochester time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Right. Do you? What do you think about Savoy though? Do you think he'll get
1: Rochester? He's at least, time? He's at least a year out.
2: He'll pipe. He'll play juniors this year. And next year might start in Roch and then get called up. Yeah. Uh, compete. I don't in know camp. if he
1: could play in Rochester after. Is it? Did they change those rules or whatever? What, I thought there was, don't was know, the what, original. I thought
2: they were because I know. I think. I thought it was, it was you, you had to be, I,
1: Um, that might be true. I thought you would at least be twenty. So I thought it was two years. Oh, okay.
2: Either way, I don't know what way. the rules are. He'll be competing are. for a spot at least next camp. Right.
1: Yeah. I mean,
0: honestly, looking at this. I mean the list of draft picks. They, they look. I mean, they. Kevin Adams. I applaud him. That was no, probably no, what, I, the first draft he's done in person because of COVID. Funny enough, and he. I think he knocked it out of the park. I. I mean, I know yeah. we're going into this later, but
1: I, I'd give him an A as a grade. Yeah, you know? I think also. So when you take you know back from the day one picks, obviously I think they made three excellent picks. They really at least really, you know hit on those picks. Yeah. As it seems, obviously the first pick on you know day two picking a goalie forty first overall probably not great value. Um, obviously goalie. This goalie draft was incredibly weak. And, I mean, they got the top guy, but he's incredibly raw. Yeah. Right. I know And he, he's huge. Yeah,
2: he's a big goaltender. Um, I think this shows that maybe we don't have complete confidence in Portillo signing. So yeah. they just want to throw another goalie into the mix. Uh, you know, because this is probably saying Portillo might not uh, sign with us. And then we still had Devin Levi, who's in college. He went back. It's just to add another goalie to the prospect pool because right now we don't have our number one goaltender.
1: Well, I mean, this guy's also an incredibly long-term pro- project. Yeah. So I think I think it has something to do with the Portillo insurance, but I also think if they wanted to add another goalie into the prospect pool, that's like at least probably five years out. Um. So it's definitely an interesting pick. I mean, I would have loved that 41st, they wouldn't have taken the goalie because I think there were some dudes that they could have Yeah, selected. honestly,
2: if, if I could have made that pick, I'm surprised they didn't take uh, Seamus Casey. You know, he was a right-shot defenseman. Yeah, that Could just seemed,
1: seemed like a little to me. The only thing that makes me feel a little bit better is that, one, he is, you know, the best-rated goalie. So it's not like they drafted, like, the third-best or yeah. the fourth-best goalie. And that Seattle also, in the same round, drafted a goalie. So maybe they thought Seattle was high on him. Um, but I think that was, like, the one pick where it's, like, that was a complete need pick. Yeah. Yeah. And probably not the best move in the entire book. No, yeah. but they wanted to make
0: sure they secured something, you know. Yeah, like, well, I, I, yeah.
1: I think it feels like the first three picks were like best player available. We want high ceiling forwards. This one definitely felt like a need pick. But I mean, less the way through the draft, I think they took a lot of great swings. Right. I mean, it's just it was nice to see
0: again first one in person in two years. It's nice to see the Sabres have a good showing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Victor Nevins,
1: who was the third round pick out of Russia. Um,
0: yeah, there we go. The Russians that we've been Russian talking about a for weeks.
1: Sniper, one of the best shots in the entire draft. Uh, they had him as their third best Russian, so I assume that they had him behind uh, Mir Shesto. How do you say his name? It's your buddy, Ivan. You got drafted by the captain. Ivan Miroshnechenko. I'm taking And Yurov. So I seemed- thought maybe we'd take a 16. Yeah, so, I mean, getting him at 74 seems like they had him pretty high up on their board. He dominated the uh, MHL over there, too. Yeah, this team was terrible. Yeah. Like, if you see his stats, like, he carried I think he had a really
2: high shooting percentage and everything. Mm -hmm. So, maybe you got to hope that if he develops and comes here, he'll take over for that whole Jeff Skinner will leave.
1: Yeah, I mean, he definitely seems like a sniper, but it took a couple years. And then Matt Lindgren, in the fourth round, left-shot D-man, so they finally drafted defenseman. He seems like a steal at... You know, one hundred and six. That was seems like a great pick because he was regarded as a top fifty prospect by most people. So you know, a, a decent second round draft pick, and to him, you know, in the fourth round seems also like again. Though the first three picks were awesome. You know, the second round pick seemed like a need pick for a goalie. The third and fourth round picks, I think, are incredibly like steel, steel, yeah. steel, steel.
2: No, I think Lingren fits the mold of what kind of defenseman we're we're going with, like a dollying, like a power. Not he's not gonna be as offensive as them, but he's more of like that two way type of player.
1: Yeah. And then, you know, Komarov, another Russian, but he played in the Canadian Junior League. He got drafted in the fifth round. Seems like he's a physical uh right shot D man, and then they picked Jake Richards, uh, from the U S H L in the sixth round, same thing Gustav Carlson, uh Joel Rankovic, and then Linus uh Shodan. I don't know how to say his last name. I apologize. Swede all those are from the j20 uh swedish junior leagues um so again they t- obviously swedish. they must like those that, that league cuz they took 3 players from it and then jake richards some people were saying that he was also a good pick too so it seems like they took swings in like the you know the last 6th and 7th round it for interesting people and yeah they drafted well third to fifth round drafted the need in well, the second round well if you
2: think about like NHL drafts those late round picks you know the majority of the time they don't even ever come to no. North America.
0: And that's the thing. Like, it's, again, people comparing it to football, you you can't. That's so different. Like, these the guys, guys might, they're never, exactly. They have
2: undrafted guys playing day one. Yeah.
0: Like, it's, and these guys might not even see the ice in an NHL game, like you said. Yeah. Or even in this country. Yeah. They might be somewhere else. Or so this just, continent. Yeah. Yep. Or North America in general. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, again, I, I would say it's an A draft. Um, I just think it was a terrific draft. I think. Not only did they get high end players that could fit in their prospect pool, they also got a lot of depth to also add to the prospects that are eventually going to graduate this you know this season. With, yeah, you know, right. Power I
0: I would give them an A 2 Like I said, um, the one th- comparison I will make to the NFL is like Dom said a couple weeks ago. They didn't take that that win. The Bills didn't take that win in the or the that they made it to the the wild card game as a okay. We're we're good. We're playoff caliber. These guys getting the team together and having, you know, better camaraderie and everything didn't take that as okay, this is our team. They they extended that to the point where these draft picks, the first three are exactly what we were talking about like Mike said earlier. And it's it's cool to see because you know, like we said these guys most likely will see the ice. These for, you know, they'll be, you know, they needed to get better depth, and and you get, better, get better
2: by
1: better. drafting and developing your prospects. Yeah.
2: You look at you look at drafts in the past for the Sabres and there's guys there's maybe one guy in the class that ever played for us, right? All the other guys never even played in the league. This draft, it seems like we can have you know five, six guys
1: that could be impact players at impact the NHL players level. Yeah,
2: let alone other guys that could even fill in if injuries happen or be depth oh. players down the line, even in Rochester. Or right. yeah,
1: or or some of these guys become good players in Rochester, yeah. and that helps you build your team, build your depth. So Mike, I do have one question. I know we have a little bit more draft news talk, but I have one question. Uh where would you rank Matthew Savoy in the prospects? Like where if Owen Power is included. Okay. Jack Quinn, JD Pintrker, Devin Levi, all those guys are included. Where would you rank him? I would
2: I'd put Owen Power number 1. I think that's right now pretty yeah. safe bet. Yeah, I would mean, put I yeah. you know, I'd probably put Savoy 2 cuz I think he I, that's interesting. I think Jack Quinn's more of like a goal scorer. I think that's his main thing. I think Savoy could be more of a playmaker and even yeah. franchise type player. I uh, feel like Jack Quinn, if he goes cold, you know, you might not see much of an impact. Of the game. Savoy, That's I think, is going to have that Savoy more
0: overall impact. Savoy will be the one impact.
1: making plays, like you said, the yeah. playmaker, and going around and doing more. Yeah, I I would have him three, because I think I would have Quinn slightly above him right now just because of Quinn's season in the AHL. But yeah. I think it just shows you, like, they got some dudes, man. Like, power, top pairing guy. Quinn's top six forward. Savoy, hopefully, is that top six, maybe, you know, first line forward. Yeah, yeah. Paterka's going to be a top of this guy, hopefully. Devin Levi, hopefully. You know, again, is a number one goalie. A lot of hopefulies. A lot of of hopefulies, but like... A I, lot of good, hopefully it's, it's so. an NHL hopeful. I don't think it's like, oh, it's it's hopefully like, we're, like this is a huge bet. Like, I think these guys are legit. No, and that's like Mike said the first time we could
0: have talked about this after an NHL this draft is, in a long time the for the Sabers. We, we, no. we need
2: them to take their time. We cannot rush them in. No, look at Casey Middlestat. Like he was a good prospect. Mm-hmm. He, he was, needed more time in yeah, college. He, he never was, developed. He, was he another year. NHL. He needed another year. He was yeah. rushed.
1: But you know, I, I just love the fact. Nylander that, was rushed. I, I just love the fact though that we have those five guys. But then you also have No. Austin outside that group. Murray right. Coolidge, Isaac Rosen, Kissakoff. Bloom, Nadal, Portello still. Ryan Johnson still. Like you, you add. You have like your top five, which are superstars. But right. You have like another tier of good players. And then you have like another tier of depth. Play- like you yeah. have. No, depth, they depth, they depth. got
0: everything that they needed to out of this draft, and it, it's just like you said, depth, depth. Depth and
1: depth. Well, like, I, I you think, mean. you know, you look at them, they have good wingers. They added to the center group. Um, they added the goalie prospect pool. They added some to the defense prospect pool. I will say, like, if you would complain about one thing, it's, like, the lack of, like, a really, really good right shot defense and mm-hmm. prospect in yeah. the pool. But I, I think they're going to worry about – I think they're just going to add someone That'll at be a free level. agency. You they're going to big. They're not going to spend big now, but they'll spend big at that position, I would assume. I think once we're
2: actually a contender, they're going to spend. They just want to save all their money to see what they got, to see if they're worth the deals that they're going to give them.
0: The good thing about it is they've got a lot of cap space to do that. Well,
2: they're going to have Dowling contracts, Cousin, Yeah, all these guys. If they pin out to be these superstars, they're going to want a lot of money. Right.
1: Yeah, I think they got to be wise. they'll go somewhere else if they don't get it. So. They have to be wise if their money, but they can't be too safe. Yeah. Because, like, if you're expecting everyone to hit, that's probably bad business. Yeah. That's too... That's yeah, too you're going to have to... That's sitting on your hands a little too much for me. Yeah. It's a little Darcy to me. you got to just...
0: If, if someone's not panning out, don't keep yeah. them around to develop them. Let them go somewhere else. That kind yeah, of
1: thing. Yeah, well, that's... I mean, it's dangerous, but, yeah, you sometimes have to do that. Okay, so... Obviously, we talked about the draft. Draft, I think, was a tremendous success. Obviously, there was rumblings before the draft of some pretty big news, pretty big uh, Sabres trade. The Sabres were close to acquiring a goaltender Matt Murray from the Ottawa Senators with 25% of his salary retained, so they would have had a re- his contract after you know retention would have been two years and about 4.7 million dollars um, to kind of be that goalie with, alongside UPL and Craig Anderson, and for doing that and getting Ottawa. Uh, off that contract, the Sabres would have moved up from the 16th overall pick to the number seventh overall pick. Obviously, this does not happen because Matt Murray has a no trade clause. And listen, you gotta respect him. He, you know, he negotiated for a no trade clause, and he, you know, exercised it, and he did not want to come to Buffalo. So, right, and Buffalo,
0: whether we like it or not, is still a team a lot of players have on their no trade clauses. They don't want to come here because yeah. of the history of the past decade. Plus, and- it's
2: a small market. Some guys want the. The big market. Right, you but know, I don't think people understand. And it's
0: in New York, so it's a tax state. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, you look at it. The market grows when the team does well. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, it, yeah, Absolutely. It, it Right now, it's small. The place is barely getting filled up. But I guarantee you, next season, just based off of the results of last season and the improvement people saw, it's going to be a completely different experience. Plus,
2: yeah, like you're saying right now, the fans. Yeah. You go to New York, you go to Los Angeles, those big markets. Like, how many of those fans are truly dedicated where they'd rather just be like oh there's a game tonight i'm just going to go to the game to watch it you know yeah. and if they're good i'll support them if they're bad well then whatever exactly sabers fans they've been bad they and they're still, still there to support yeah like rick jenner's last game they came out because he's yeah. an icon in the city even when and we they support him
0: yeah and jack eichel's game but even when we went to sam reinhart's return game for the first
1: time there was a decent amount of people in there they didn't yeah. make a deal out of it like they did for the other ones because well, but... sam was more beloved with the people but right again this is I think it's unfortunate for the Sabres because it would have solved the goalie you know, problem earlier than obviously they did today. But moving them from 16-7 to 7 would have been interesting because obviously they wouldn't have no Austin awesome in their prospect pool. Um, no. You know, it's interesting to think, uh, like, who were they so intrigued to trade up with? I would see Adams, very patient general manager, as you said, made all 11 of his draft picks, didn't trade up. He's only traded up once, and that was for G.J. Paterka. And exactly. That, 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 um, That's a very good that, trade-off. That that uh that worked out pretty well yeah. for them. Yeah. So it, it's interesting to say, like, who would they have picked Mastivore at 7? I don't know. I think they were pretty big on Marco Casper, so maybe they were trying to get ahead of the Red Wings who drafted him at 8. But, you know, it all worked out. You know, maybe I mean, they would
2: have packaged those picks up to get a top-five pick.
1: Right. And you have to think, I was not in favor of that. I, mean, like, I you, think that uh, who would they have gotten?
2: Maybe they wanted one of those right shots. You know
1: what? Maybe they would have traded up to three for Arizona, and they would have picked right. Maybe, but you got to you yeah. got to think this way. Everything happens for a reason. Like I, I think, that's how you gotta think I think it was upsetting at the time because it would have been awesome to pick at seven and nine. But I mean, everything worked out. I'm fine with Austin and sixteen, and I'm fine with. You know, we'll talk about what Apple. It'd be different if he made one of the worst picks. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's the thing. It'd be different if they made. But they got Savoy, so I mean, how bad was it? Not bad. and Austin's not bad either. So I think now it's interesting. You know, obviously we talked about the draft. A Little news before the draft. It's interesting now to look at trades from the past as the draft is now completed to see, you know was the value right in any of these trades. So, the Sam Reinhart trade now reads, Sam Reinhart was traded for Devin Levi and Yuri Kulich. Uh, the Jack Eichel trade now currently reads Jack Eichel in the 2023 third round pick for the Sabres for Alex Tuck, Peyton Krebs, Noah Austin, and a 2022 second from Vegas. And then, as we speak at this proper moment, the Sabres, the Risto trade is Risto for Rosine, a 23 second from Philadelphia, and then they traded Robert Hag for a six-round pick in this year's draft, which ended up being Gustav Carlson. So that's how that trade reads. So what are you guys' thoughts of, you know, at looking uh, at the big three, how they teared it down and what what it currently is now as we have more light into what they actually got?
2: No, that, that Florida one is pretty good because right. you see Levi, how he's just dominating college hockey right now. And in my opinion, he looks to be the front runner to be the franchise goaltender for this team. Mm-hmm. And then Kulich, He's so eager. He thinks he can play in the NHL now, and obviously he won't. But he, I think, like you said before, he's a guy with a really high floor. So it's pretty much we would think a guarantee that he'll be in some capacity an NHL player. So I think that just that guarantee of those two players is really nice. You look at like the Eichel trade. We're still trying to figure out who Krebs is. Yeah, but you've got Oslen's gonna have Tuck. to take years to develop. Yeah, but Tuck is that impact
0: player now, right? And you've got great prospects to come out of it too, like you yeah. said. They might take a couple of
2: years. Like I would, but... I would.
1: And they got salary relief really from the Eichel trade. Yeah, yeah. Look what Vegas had to do today; they had to trade away Max Patch. Ready, who's a legit top six forward for nothing because Eichel's making ten million dollars. Now, here's my question to you both. And the rest, one second. The Risto trade is just, and you could have picked any any player with those picks still a complete win. Yeah. Like that's just blow. Yeah. Thank you, Philadelphia. Well, it was, it was agreed, rumored agreed. that
2: we were going to try to get JVR from Philly, but they didn't want to give up the picks needed for your team to take a salary. Probably and, would have been And, like and the then, first then, round
1: Johnny, then Johnny then Johnny Guerrero might have been uh wearing <laughs> the we in the orange and yeah. orange and black instead of being a Columbus Blue Jacket. But go ahead, Joe. Yeah. So
0: sorry, this this question, I'm glad we finished that cuz this this does kind of go off a little bit. Do you think? I mean, people are saying Jack Eichel's still that generational talent, and he's going to have an amazing season this season. Do I mean? Would that change your opinion on the trade if no. if it happens? No, because the I vibes, think man, the vibes. The main thing was him yeah. in the
2: locker room. I don't think he would buying in. I don't think he would have bought into what Granado's presenting here. Mm-hmm.
0: He was I mean, he was a man about himself and his success, not about the team's success. He wanted
1: to be traded before the year the, the twenty twenty. Yeah, like he wanted out then, so. I think he took his eight by eighty million eight by ten I should say, not by eighty, that'd be a lot of money. <laughs> eight by ten contract and then, you know, immediately after it started to go a little south ran, I think, you know, even if the on ice trade value maybe right. doesn't match in the future, I think what happened off the ice is it just a gigantic win? Because look, right. what, look what happened off ice is that, you know, the vibes are great for the Sabres, and look what happened with Vegas had to do. Again, as I said, they had to trade Patrick's contract. Injured of the goalie the, in the, practice. Yeah, Honestly, they, Vegas, it looks like they're getting worse. That's what I'm saying. Their cap, him having the $10 million is now forcing them to make, you know, they were secondary counter moves to that tr- because of that trade. Vegas yeah. is on the way down. They were a cup we're contender the way at off. the beginning yeah. of the season, were they not? And they traded Alex Tuck in that trade, who was on a great contract and a very good player, so... Yeah, we it's, can't it's a argue tough that. look for that. Alex it's, Tuck's a, it's awesome a tough to look watch on that. the
0: ice here in Buffalo, so I, I mean, either way I agree with you. I think it's a win. Morality
1: oh, win, you know. Complete complete win. I think all, I think the Risto trade's a win, the Eichel trade's a win, and then the Reinhardt trade is currently an owl because Reinhardt's so underrated and is very really good, but it's looking you know, prom- more promising than it was at the time. When it happened, because Levi broke out this year, and mm-hmm. Coolidge, you know, seems like a solid pick. But that that that's the one trade where it's kind of like a, my opinion is like a wait and see kind of thing. Like we gotta yeah. make sure that those guys. It's gotta like, have time to, to cook. It's gotta burn yeah. for a little bit. Yeah, but, but we'll see with
2: that.
0: Marinate. But yeah, again, that's great, the word I was <laughs> looking for.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Slow burner. <laughs> great, great draft. Great value. Interesting news, and I think we're gonna break. where well, this is the first segment of Sabers Talk, and we're gonna. You know, take a quick detour and go back to our our second segment about, you know, the free agency, what happened on July 13th, which is today. Yeah. We'll be back with that right
0: after this. Here at the Buffalonian Podcast, we are looking for sponsorships to take our podcast to the next level. If you are at all interested, feel free to DM us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter and let us know. Thank you for listening and enjoy the rest of the show. We are back with part two of our Sabres discussion. No bills today, not much going on there. We're just going to kick it with the Sabres because quite an eventful week for them. Uh, We're going to bring it right back to Dom. What do you got for us?
1: So, obviously today, you know, being July 13th, you know, frequency starts. So, of course, the Sabres had some, you know, checklists, some things to do. Um, Before we talk about what they did on July 13th, I quickly want to talk about, you know, the days prior they made two signings, you know, we signed you know their own in you know Jacob Bryson who was a restricted free agent they resigned him to a two year uh 1.85 million dollar contract and extension. my guy Vinny Hinnestros. Yeah, your guy they signed him I believe it was yesterday. Yeah. Uh one year 1.7 million dollar contract extension who was he was going to be a free agent. Yeah. I got a couple DMs about that one saying I know you hate this guy but he's back, you know. So He's, he's back. Yeah. Um <laughs> I think it's good depth. Uh I think Hinnostros is you know, was very successful again in his bottom six role. Um, and you know, I think he'll be the thirteenth forward and, you know, injuries are a thing in hockey. There's a lot of injuries, so right. it's good for the bottom six. He's, he's definitely me to say, it, but he's, he's good. good for definitely the bottom good depth six. in the way that, you know, they hoped Andrews Bjork would be, but he's not so you know, Henestrosa, I don't mind, you know, the price doesn't matter to me at all either because I think it's a solid contract, so, I mean, worst comes worst, he's the 13th forward and getting healthy scratch, but, yeah, you know, there's also an opportunity for him to play in the bottom six when there's injuries or, you know, people struggling, like, you know, Quinnipater. What if he struggle. steps
0: in and actually does a good job? Good for I mean? him. So,
1: I mean, like... I, I I think I... I believe I made this point, like, two months ago when we were talking about Henestrosa, like, <laughs> during the grading, but... I said, like, I think he might resign because, you know, he was on Arizona, Chicago, Florida. I, I don't know. I think this is his fourth team, Yeah, if I'm not mistaken. And at some point, you kind of just want, for a guy that's been a journeyman, like, uh, you know. He wants to settle down. Want to he s- wants some, some stability. And I think yeah. this is the, pl- I mean, the vibes are, you know, vibes. The vibes
0: are good. The team might be going to the, you know, the playoffs. I, I don't we, think we don't this was, that, but... I
1: don't think this was a role, you know. I don't think he's promised anything. I think Kevin Adams kind of seems to me like the Craig Anderson thing of, you know, we're not going to promise you a starting role in our top 12, but you're going to be on the roster, and yeah. it's up to you now to compete with I think, all the other guys in camp for a starting role in our top 12. I think the
2: main thing, you know, signing Nostrozo, signing Anderson, signing Suban, it's more about... Malcolm Superman's also there. The, I, I yeah. feel the yeah. main <laughs> thing is about familiarity with the team. Like, they were in that locker room making these relationships and meshing well together. And they don't want to keep bringing in all these new guys on one-year deals because, like, what's the benefit? If by the end of the season, chemistry. Yeah, they're gelling well. They get good relationships with these young guys, and then they're gone. Right. They want to keep keep these guys in the room because they're good in the room. Craig Anderson, he's he's never been like that. Elite forty-one goaltender. Yeah. He's not expected to do that with the Sabers at all. But he's here because of what he brings to the locker
1: room. He brings what he brings, his value off the yeah. ice. Yeah. So off ice value, it's sky it's high, it's on it's ice it's value, debatable. Yeah. Same thing with Malcolm <laughs> Subin. Player morale. Same, same thing with Malcolm Subin. Not a great goaltender, but, you know, who's going to probably be the starter in Rochester and is apparently a great singer. Uh, not apparently. Yeah. yeah I mean, he it's, is. national he, he should, that should national be the full time anthem. Yeah. Full-time so anthem good singer. for them. And then Henry Storzel, again, like I said, with Anderson, I don't think he's promised a role, but I think he's going to go in and compete. And then. You know, I, Jacob Bryson, won the rare, you know, you talked about, you know, drafts being, you know, one-player draft. A rare, rare player outside the first three rounds, it's a fourth-round draft pick, rare player to actually hit. I you know, the Sabres actually hit and developed. Yeah. You know, he's a decent bomb pair guy. You know, his, his underlying metrics actually were pretty good. Um, I think some of that could be a little bit overrated, especially if you look at the eye test. I mean, we went to a couple, I mean... We went to the games where they all lost, but I don't think he looked. Yeah, every single game. Uh, I think a, I think a, <laughs> you know he has a little bit of problems with the turnover, but again, he's a guy that is a left shot deed that can play your, on your bottom pairing, can play both you know the right and left side. As we talked about, how the Sabers are kind of in a situation where they have a lot of left shot defensemen, yeah. they might need someone to play the right who is a left shot. and I think he fits the bill, and you know for two years, one point five million dollars. Are we really going to complain? No, no, no. I think he's he's solid, and I think that that's a, also a solid resign. So, right. talk, I'm not, before we talk about, you know, who they signed outside the organization, we'll finish up with the RFA of Victor Olofsson uh, today, yeah. so, talking about today's news, um, signs a two-year deal worth $4.75 million, and I think my overall thoughts on this entire situation is that they looked to look at his trade value in the market, probably didn't like it, and I think this is a great contract for the Sabres, because I think it's an incredibly tradable contract. Yeah. For... Because if you
2: retain half of it, it's only yeah.
1: Ends and for two reasons. One is they didn't walk him to UFA. They would have given him a three-year contract. He would have been able to then go to unrestricted free agency. They trade him in this contract. The people that the the team that is getting him, it's an RFA. Yeah, they're not they, so they have more you know a chance to retain him. The money for me is a little bit expensive at four point seven five, especially because I think all of us agree. You know he's a one-way streaky shooter kind of guy that could go cold, but. The way you play down the stretch, I think he, you know, possibly could earn that payday. And I, I think this contract is more about term. For them mm-hmm. to get him at two years is act, it just makes this contract an I, amazing. Contract. I think the yeah. other thing is it's like, a steal. Yeah,
2: they're they're not afraid to maybe overpay a little bit because they have so much cap space. They're trying to hit the floor. Right. They're not afraid to give these short term deals and maybe overpay a little bit. Right. Because like you Cause said, down it, the line they'll still have all that cap space. Yeah. Well, gonna...
1: it seems to me that the Sabers are kind of on a two year plan. Yeah, yeah, I mean, but I think we'll get into this a little bit more when we talk about their unrestricted free agents that they signed. But you know, Bryson re for two years. Now you got Olson for two years. I think mm-hmm. they're pushing. You know, I don't want to say pushing the can down the road, but I think they're trying to figure out. You know, we've talked a lot about how they. There's a lot of unanswered questions with a lot of these guys, right? And I think these next two years, the Sabers are seeing who's at the top of the East and understanding that in two years. You know, the Pittsburghs of the world, Boston, Washington. Those In two years, those teams are not going to be as good as they no, are they're No, they're going to be phasing be old out. players out, yeah. And you had to figure out at in two years who are your guys and who aren't your guys. It's a very simple thing. And then who do you need to move for certain pieces? What pieces do you need for certain things? So I think, again, with Olafson, I think they need, for as young a team as I think they're going to put on the ice, they did need his scoring for now in the yeah. short term. Mm-hmm. Maybe not in the long term. and That's why it's only a two-year deal, and it's probably—I would assume—you know, I mean, I assume he's going to get traded eventually. But they need his scoring for at this present moment, and they need his cap hit at the present moment. Yeah. So I think that's what's important. So that—that's that, you know, it for the you know the signing news of you know, the contracts, and then let's talk about the two big signings of the day. I don't know if I would—I think you know quotation marks on the word big—they're big. not. You know, black they're not astronomically deal. large. They're yeah. good fits, though. Yeah, good fits. Uh, so you know, depth pieces. I, I think more than depth pieces. I think they're actually good, good really good players. So let's uh, first talk about Eric Comrie, who signed a two-year, one point eight million dollar per year uh, contract with the Sabers. Former Winnipeg Jets goalie
2: also played for New Jersey and Detroit.
1: Yeah, and I think when you sign someone in the other opposing fan base, in the comments of like. The signing are like, no, how did we let this guy go? Um, that's a pretty good sign. Yeah, I
2: know. <laughs> when they're complaining about him being gone, you know you've done right. Well, he's a young goaltender. He's only 27. He has limited NHL games. I think that's he true. only is 28. But he's played in games since 2016. So, like, he's only played a handful of games each year. And he's kind of bounced around from team to team. Been uh, claimed a few times. But overall, he had a pretty solid year. I think he was, what, 10-5-1, had like a nine-twenty save percentage.
1: Yeah, in like twenty games, and let's just put it this way: the Winnipeg Jets defense is not all that great. No, he had one of the higher expected goals for for a goalie, you know, in the in that amount of sample size. So he had an incredible season, and you know, this is an opportunity for him because he's been a backup, as you said, been claimed multiple times. This is his chance to possibly potentially be the number one goalie for the Sabres for a little bit. Yeah, uh, you know, plus I think beyond that, if he proves. He can be a solid goaltender. Maybe He's the backup in the future. Yeah, if yeah, Luke can or something backup. doesn't work out, mm-hmm. he
2: could be a backup. Because he'll still be young mm-hmm. enough. He'll still only be, what, 29? I, I,
1: I love this contract because, again, two-year plan, you get to figure out who he is. Yeah, it gives us time to feel him out, figure him out, and then if he's, like Mike said, if he's worthy, he could be the backup for a long time. Well, it's also just it helps you answer the UPL question. If UPL shows that he's the guy this year, then, you know. Do you okay. think he is? Well, we're gonna find out. I think he's, he's shown he's had good numbers in the NHL. I've seen struggle struggled a little bit in the AHL, but the the Amherst don't play defense. They're like really bad. They gave up a lot of quality shots, so yeah. I think it's hard to. I think it's hard to you know judge his Amherst stats. I mean, it's just time for him to get NHL experience. So I mean, if UPL shows that you know he's a guy that can be counted on, you know, Anderson retires and you could just go up next season. You already have you know UPL and Comrie. I think UPL might be a restricted free agent, but you know my point you know mm-hmm. remains. You you have your ten you know your goalies, so I think it's great because I don't, I think he's a guy that can play twenty to twenty five games, probably even more. Same with Anderson, and then all of a sudden you got what thirty games left over for UPL. I think it's a nice split, yeah, between those three goalies that are going to be up, and you know again he had a very good underlining metric season and. You know, this is his opportunity to shine. And yeah. he seems, if anyone has the time to look up people talking about him, he seems like a complete vibes guy. Like yeah. super positive, super cheery on the guy. bench. Yeah, yeah, super, super. And that Winnipeg Jets team was weird, too, with all the, the locker room stuff. For, so for him to be, you know, mentioned as a guy that was really positive in a really weird locker room, like, I think he's going excel. I think he's meant for Buffalo with the vibes. No, absolutely. I mean, just to
0: have a guy like that who could... You know, step in and play well as well, and and be that locker room guy. I mean, that's that's something you really want. And I'm mm-hmm. it's happy. I I'm just
1: overall I'm in a good mood after seeing all this stuff. You know what I mean? Like and it, it just it, makes me listen. smile. Listen, I think a lot of people are pressing the panic button when you see you know the Matt Murray trade gets nixed. Yeah, all these other goalies are signing everywhere else, and it's kind of like, like oh, here come the good old <laughs> Sabers again. <laughs> like you know? the, good, <laughs> the good old, good old Sabers back to back off seasons they strike out completely in the goalie market, and we're going to be stuck at, you know it. Craig Anderson, forty-one and year old old man Anderson, and UPL, who we don't even know if can one play on the initial level or two stay healthy for an entire season. But yeah, man. Again, they they again really good signing, really smart signing, really analytical you know driven signing. And we saw that you know with the I didn't really mention that much of the draft, but it seemed like they were very analytics driven and you know the, in the, in the they knew what they process, were doing yeah in their draft process. And I think this is another one, and also I think the second signing. So I think well, you know, I'll segue into the other you know quote unquote big. Uh, free and signing of Ilya Yabuskin, who uh, also, you know, defenseman, right shot D-man, uh, two years, two point seven you know, five million million, and he fits two things for this team. One, he's a right shot defenseman that could play a full in power, you know, at the top four. I really think he's mostly, if you're like on a good team, would be a bottom pair guy, but yeah. for this team, he fits in the top four, and also he fits your Russian problem of now you have a Russian. And he's and,
2: physical. He has a ton of block shots. He has a ton of hits.
1: Is he it's John Hayden physical? Uh, yeah, um, I know. Would you I, say? I think Is there, he a fighter. There was a stat where I think Rasul Stalin led the team with 127 hits, and Nabuskin had 175 hits. So he would have been the leader in hits by over 50, wow. or just about 50, I should he say. Black shots. He's not afraid to uh, take, like you know, take a beating. I think. You know, it's very funny looking at like Twitter and Instagram. He's a destroyer of offense, meaning by he's a very good defensive defenseman, but he is terrible offensively. And well, if you pair him with Owen Power, so that's Owen what, Power that's is very what, yeah. good offensively. We don't know his
2: defensive game in the NHL yet. Right. They should Can't be able to compliment him. As long
1: as Zabuskin can improve a little bit offensively so he doesn't kill Power's I think, ability. I
2: think playing with Power is going to spike him a little bit. Yeah. I think Power will that's set the him one complaint. He'll get those secondary. That's assists. some
1: complaint with like Leafs fans. He was you know, Labuskin was a, you know made, traded to the Leafs. Um, the one complaint for him is that he was paired with Morgan Riley, who was their top pair guy, and occasionally they would say he would kill Morgan Riley's, um, you know, play driving and offense a little bit. But, again, if Labuskin, you know, could be that, again, that rush in the locker room, the pairing for power that I think really then solidifies your top four of, Samuelson, Delin, Power, Yabuskin, and then you know, your bottom pair you're gonna have to figure out is it Bryce and Haryu? Again, I've said multiple times. Not, I'll present you a question. Not not a, not a huge fan of that pairing because I think that pairing would get overrun, but I'll, I'll present you a question here. uh Oh,
2: Florida needs to clear cap. There's rumor that Mac Weger might be the one to go. Great right shot defenseman. Yep, yeah. big fan over yeah. here. Yeah, big fan. I am a. Dom's a big guy. Huge, huge fan. He already has one connection to Buffalo. His cousin was a former
1: captain of this team. That was his nephew. I thought cousin. nephew or
2: cousin. It's cousin.
1: Is it? It's cousin. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. you, know, you know, you you listen to their podcast. Craig Raffay. Anyway, <laughs> do you think? <laughs> you, you say Dom's the big fan. I think you're the big fan. Honestly,
2: <laughs> do you, you know think the more signing Ilya Labushkin? Nix is the idea of the Sabers pursuing Mac Weger.
1: That's a great question. Um... I would say, in my opinion, no. Realistically, I mean, sorry, yeah, no. I was gonna say, making sure they yeah, they no. still they still can. In my opinion, I don't know. Like the Sabres, realistically, maybe the answer is yes. Yeah. Um. Again, as I said, if booskin he's gonna play in top four because I think he's gonna be paired with power, but he's really to me more of a bottom pair guy, and Uyghur is a top pair defenseman. Like, he's the guy that you put refrasm style and go, like, 25 minutes a night, you guys just go cook. Yeah. Um, let him he, cook. Let him cook. Uh, he's paired, he has been paired with Aaron Eckblad, who's, you know, a very good defensive, but he was also injured, you know, the last two years at the end of the year, and he really held his own as, you know, the number one guy for the Panthers, and you right. know, the, the Panthers won the present trophy. Obviously, he had a little bit of a rough playoffs. Um, he has one year left at $3.2 million, and he's an unrestricted free agent. So I feel like if they were going to trade for him, um, I really would probably feel most comfortable with them having a contract extension in place, in place, mm-hmm. which would then mean that you'd probably also have to, you know, give off another asset, because I mean the Panthers, I mean if the, if, if the Panthers would say we will trade you Uyghur... W- what you had without a contract extension would be one trade and then with the contract extension would probably be another trade that would probably be more. What would you trade away for him? What do you think would be a good value for him if that does happen? I mean, I'm not entirely sure what you know Florida wants. I don't think I would be comfortable enough trading my first round pick. I think you'd have to at least throw in probably a Ryan
2: Johnson. Yeah. But,
1: but you see the thing is you have your you have two seconds. They have um, three seconds. Three seconds. I was about to say to my I was about to pop in my head the flyers. Vegas and their own, so I would assume one of them would be in the trade. Uh, I, Ryan Johnson probably would also be in the trade, and then, you know, maybe you trade one of your four decent forward prospects, and maybe not one of your higher ones, but I would say more of
2: like a bubble guy, maybe like a Brett Murray type, or I think
1: like they would want more. line type, they, but also they want cap relief too. Um, you know, so I don't know if they would want Yuki Haryu back, maybe as just. I mean they wouldn't really clear cap, but they would clear cap in their future and Yoki Haru has RFA rights. I think he has two years left at two point five, so they they would only be saving seven hundred thousand in the present moment, but down the road they wouldn't they would have to give they would save a lot. So maybe yeah. maybe you centerpiece your, your deal around Yoki Haru in a second and then you kinda go from there. Yeah. Um and then
0: because yeah, the value down the road would the savings, yeah, would the be savings would be well well worth it. Yeah. But
1: then you know the Sabers again. If I was the Sabers, I would say I would not accept a trade unless I get a contract mm-hmm. extension, knowing a commitment from him, because he's from Ottawa and people think he might go to Ottawa. Ottawa there's, seems like there's been rumors about that. Go right now, yeah, there's been rumors about that. So I would say I wouldn't. I'm not giving away you know Yuki Haryu, a second another prospect like for a guy that's a r- rental per se. Yeah. Is,
2: we, we we can't afford rental players right no. now. No, he is like no.
1: 28, I believe, 28 or 27. So he's a little bit older, but you know, give him a four-year, five-year extension. He's here till his mid-thirties. That seems fine by me. I think he's going to be, you know, very good underlying metrics. Yeah, very productive in the playoffs. A uh, little struggle this year in the playoffs. But I think that's maybe why his value might be lo- a little lower. So maybe you like him. Maybe get him for a steal up. No, I would definitely still do the trade. Yeah. I mean, I would always do the trade. You back, never. So. <laughs> it didn't enough. matter what they did. No, yeah, can I'm never always open. Have
2: not enough good players.
1: Yeah, not enough
0: good players, especially but. with experience. That's yeah. what you in on a like, successful team. That, yeah, you yeah. need playoff experience on a successful team. That's 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 what's going to help get them to the next level, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I've been I've been begging the Sabres to trade for Leager for. A while, multiple years. Yeah, yeah. no, I can. It's, it's I can that? Vouch for that. It's yeah. that, and Anthony Sorelli, and then well, it, Yeah, that's <laughs> a, that. That, <laughs> that's that, off the table. that pipe dream is completely off the table. He's after got he signed a, eight years, years in Tampa. He, he has ten years because he has two years left at four point nine million dollars. Then his eight-year contract, he sends him that he just signed today, kicks in. Wow. So he's there for the next decade. How was he, he able Wait. to sign with
2: two years left?
1: I don't know. That's... I don't know the rules. Did but, they restructure, or no. do they? No, that's not like the NFL. No, no. He, is, he has a contract. When he plays out this contract, his eight-year contract since he signed it. So that is interesting. That was actually an interesting question. I appreciate. I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah. So you thinking. I will <laughs> say the three lesser-known names: uh, Cal Clog, I, Cal Clegg. Thank you. Then terrible names. I apologize. Jeremy Davies and then Chase Prisky. Um,
2: I like the Clegg one.
1: Yeah. All three signed one-year, two-year, two-way contracts. Meaning that they could go up and down from Rochester to Buffalo without having to clear waivers. It seems like, from what I could tell, what other people are saying. Because again, I don't really know these players that well. Is that they're good? They're really going to be good for the AHL for the program down in Rochester, and also a couple of them have, you know, the ability to step in at the NHL level right. and not be like. Some of, yeah, some. Do you of think they step off. in
0: though, and more of an experiment, or do they?
1: No, they injuries. like they're like yeah. eighth, ninth, tenth defenseman kind of roles. If you get with
2: injuries, or there's just really poor play out of some of the bottom pairing guys, yeah,
1: you just switch them in and see yeah. what happens. Yeah, that's what I would assume they're for. But again, I think they're solid. I think they had to be noted because I think. You know, you have to improve Rochester as well and that defense core in Rochester needed a little bit of an overhaul and right. They seem to be doing that. Yeah, like, you have to develop
2: cr- in Rochester just as much as you have to develop in Buffalo.
0: Right. I mean it is kinda of crazy to think though, like and no one realizes oh I mean you guys probably do, but I I mean I'm thinking about this now. The NFL you're playing for one team. Here you're drafting for both Rochester and the Sabres, and, in a way. And Cincinnati. And Cincinnati. And Cincinnati. It's
1: a little... Yep. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just... It, it, it is It's, it's very, very different. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a different vibe. Very cool to see, too. Man, that you is know? the word of the day. Dude, vibe, vibe. It's vibe. It's the vibe. Yeah, it's the vibe. And, and, you know, talking about the vibe, Maybe we'll make a shirt of that with your face on yeah. it and say, it's a vibe. Talking mm-hmm. about the vibes, obviously, <laughs> you know, before I transition to development camp a little bit, uh, I do want to talk... Quickly talk about Lawrence Pilot. So, apparently... He did get a term his contract terminated by the KHL, and Kevin M said they do want to sign him. Um, oh, that'd be cool. They're waiting for like the official paperwork of his termination. Yeah. So I think that's an interesting move as your seventh D-man. Possibly maybe even he plays in the AHL a little bit. You know, also with Casey Fitzgerald as well, possibly being your seventh D-man, also maybe playing in the AHL a little bit. So Rochester again. Would be a big win if that was the case, and also I think the Sabres because I think Lawrence Pilot's you know would be a solid bottom pair left shot D man that had pretty decent numbers before he got Ralph Kruger,
0: yeah,
1: uh, and then left the KHL. So he's another one of those guys that I think really fits in if they you know want a seventh D man they you know have some experience with Pilot before obviously. So yeah, I guess that it's a very short snippet because we don't have enough details, you know, right? It's more of a speculation. At this speculation, point. but Adams did. In his press conference, kind of confirmed, not confirming, he did say it. So. He mentioned subtly that he's very interested yeah. and might be making a move. Move, kind of like who's very interested is Ryan Johnson, um, the defense prospect for the Sabers. Obviously, development camp is this week. It's cool to see all the you know the draft picks of this year and more. You know, coming to Harbor Center. If anyone, yeah, I have the time to go see a practice. Uh, they're very cool. I saw the practice day in the afternoon with Samuelson, Petrica, Kulich. You know, it was a very, very cool experience. Obviously, they have the three-on-three French Connection tournament this Saturday morning. Uh, this week, Saturday. That's also exciting. But, segueing back to Ryan Johnson, as I get distracted, <laughs> as always. But, uh, Ryan Johnson said that he's still weighing his options, whether he's going to go back to college at Minnesota or... You know, sign with the Sabres, and he's going to spend this week to evaluate the coaches and, you know. So if he doesn't just... sign,
2: we get that second round No. Back.
1: So if he doesn't sign this year and yeah. he goes back to school, next year if he doesn't sign, he is an unrestricted free agent. Yeah, so we lose that option? So no, that's
2: what I'm saying. Yeah, if he yeah, doesn't he... sign with us. And he becomes UFA. We get a second pick.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. But it's not this year. It would be next year. It'd be twenty. So he but, has yeah. at least that okay. value, and I think a lot of people are speculating. So he said, at, he said right now he's leaning to go back to school, but I'm, and he's evaluating. And to me, it's just one of those vibes, where again, vibes, a big word. The other day, I think he's not going to sign with the Sabers. If I like had to, I would put anybody. probably ten dollars. So, like if I had to bet money, I would, <laughs> I would say Ryan Johnson will not sign. And Eric Patillo will. So I think Eric Patillo is a different case of, he's very you know education driven. He yeah. Wants to get his degree from Michigan, mm-hmm. as a business a business degree from Michigan. So I think he's oh, more focused on that. Guy. Yeah. So I think he's more focused on that as well. You know, his off ice career. So I think that's a little bit of a different scenario than Ryan Johnson, who seems. I mean, this is he said it himself. First time in three years, he's in Buffalo. So, again, I think this is an, this isn't an important. Week for the Sabers to present yourself as you need to sign now, because if he doesn't sign now, the Sabers one I think lose all of his trade value uh, except it's going to be a second round pick, which no one's going to you know respect that I would say yeah. Um, so I think they'd have to trade him if he doesn't sign now, because if he doesn't sign now, like I don't think they should play this carousel of oh you know I think if they could I say forget about it if if they could get if they could get proper value for him right now. I would even before the news broke, if he signed, I would do it because yeah. I would. Once he declares that he's going back, his value tanks. Like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. no, it's honestly like a stock. You got to get rid of it before it goes mm-hmm. down. Like it, and like it now definitely... might be the time to sell because it's either you sell now, or you either wait for all just, your yeah. the drop, or you. I mean, or he signs and it's like a perfect world. Which again, I don't understand why he wouldn't because I think he would be able to play right now in your AHL. Top, pair. You, top also, pair, you get top pairments in your AHL, and then you know. I think maybe he just doesn't think there's a spot for him at level and you know that's his own fault for not signing earlier. Maybe you know he could have beat out Samuelson for his spot. You know who knows? That's kind of on him. So I think that's like the big news out of training camp, you know, developer camp. Is if he's gonna sign or not, and you know it's not looking too hot at the proper moment, but you know we'll see. Um, a lot of people. You know, who were at the development camp, said, you know, I will second this. Ue Kirch looked awesome. Mm-hmm. Was very good in front of the net. Yeah. Very good shot. It looked as good as advertised. Samuelson, Peturica, you know. The, the Did ge- they seem to gel well Quinn, together? Yeah, Quinn, Krebs, like the big, big guns looked like they were the big guns. Um, the only, like, I guess, and also Devin Levi, people are praising it. Prattilla was good, but he was overshadowed by Levi, who was yeah. just uh, sensational. He's a sensational beast. Uh, the goalie, though, the Tobias Linden, who was a second-round pick as we talked about in the first segment, uh, he really struggled. Really, I think he showed how raw he is and how much he has to yeah, you no know, gain. Yeah, so, ways to go. Yeah, ways to go. No,
2: no rush. Honestly,
0: yeah. I mean, again, I'm going to say it again. It's just exciting to see where the team's going. I, I, I'm looking forward to going to games next season and seeing these guys. You know, like it should be an exciting time. But yeah.
1: I think I think that's uh, I, think, yeah, I think we're I think that's the... uh, you know, a lot of saber talk today. Um, yeah. Nothing really going on with the Bills. Nothing going on with the Bills and obviously we had the draft review and now you know if we had to push back our recording day because of myself and my busy schedule. So we got the UFA. You know we got the unrestricted free agent day of July 13th. So an exciting time and we'll be right back at you with the rundown.
0: Here at the Buffalonian podcast, we are looking for sponsorships to take our podcast to the next level. If you are at all interested, feel free to DM us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter and let us know. Thank you for listening,
1: and enjoy the rest of the show. Welcome back to the Buffalonian Podcast. I will be your host, Don Loss, on the rundown this week. And unfortunately, you know, as we talk about the Toronto Blue Jays, it's just another week on the rundown and another just absolute disaster of a week for the Toronto Blue Jays. First, the West Road Trip, West Coast Road Trip, as I should say, that we talked about last rundown was a complete gigantic failure by the Jays. They lost the series, uh, two games to one, to the Major League Baseball worst team, the Oakland A's. So just really pathetic. And then, as it couldn't, you know, the sky is falling and the sky just fell and hit the, hit, just hit Earth, as they got swept in their four-game series in Seattle by the Mariners, a team that is right on their heels for a playoff spot. It's just a really poor, poor day for the Toronto Blue... poor week for the Toronto Blue Jays and their West Coast trip. Uh, I guess, you know, the good news is that the Jays were able to win the opening game of their two-game home set versus the Philadelphia Phillies 4-3 to snap their four-game losing streak. Uh, So the Jays now, after that result lead the pesky Seattle Mariners by a half game for the final AL wild card. And, well, there's company behind them with Seattle and Cleveland Guardians. And the Baltimore Orioles are 500 for, it seems like, the first time in five years. They're also right behind the Blue Jays, who are completely struggling this month. Uh, and they're just 2-8 and eight in their last ten games and could not be playing worse baseball as we... You know, approach the all-star break and also as we talk about the all-star break congrats to you, Vlad Guerrero, Alexandro, uh, Kurt, Alex Manoa and George Springer for being selected to the all-star game and obviously Kurt and Vladdy were selected as starters so I guess a quick you know round of applause congratulations to them you know what a pleasure but after this quick series against the Phillies uh, they have a the Jays have a four-game weekend home series versus the Kansas City Royals, who are at the bottom of the AL Central, but, you know, knowing the Jays in this month, they might get swept by them, and then they will go into their all-star break, so the highlight of the week uh, was pretty easy for us to pick this week, uh, was yesterday's 4-3 win for the Jays over the Phillies, as I, t- as I noted. Uh, the Jays, for the first time in forever, got a great pitching performance by Jose Barros, who was, again, called out, I believe, last week's podcast on the maybe the week before, is just being terrible. Good for him, he bounced back. Uh, only gave up three runs in six innings while striking out thirteen batters. And the offense for the Jays were led by Laureate's Guriel. Four-hit game, and Tiasker Hernandez hit a big two-out, two-run double in the game. Again, we are hoping next week's podcast with the Jays is better off, but if you guys did not know the breaking news of the day, uh, Charlie Monteo who is the manager of the Blue Jays got the axe today got the pink slip uh, he is no longer the manager of the Toronto Blue Jays as his team has continued to just complete underachieve. It's very funny in his tenure the Blue Jays were uh, the record of 236 and 236. so the definition of mid if you would do say so myself. Uh, the pitching coach whose name is blanking me it will be the interim. Uh, manager for the Jays down the stretch, and Casey Candel, the manager of the Buffalo Bisons. Congratulations, he got the call-up to the big club. He's going to be the bench coach, the interim bench coach, so congratulations to him. Uh, as we talk about the Bisons and their skipper uh, going up the rates, uh, the ranks in life, uh, we now segue to the Bisons talk, which is just um, really nearly as dep- depressing as the Blue Jays talk, as the Bisons unfortunately lost their 7 game home set to Syracuse 5 games to 2 and they fell yesterday to Iowa 8 to 2 in their opening 6 game set on the road in Iowa. The Bisons are now 43 and 42 on the season which you know I think most people at face value would say that's pretty good but looking at their record in the month of July and 11 games played they are 2 and 9. Uh, that is pretty brutal, and if you look at their last 14 games, they are two and 12. So just an absolute <laughs> brutal stretch uh, for the Bisons, as you know they were once 11 games over 500, and now they are just uh, one. Somehow miraculously, I don't know how, the Bisons are only three games back of Durham and Jacksonville for the division lead, despite all of their struggles. Um, after their six-game road set ends in Iowa, uh, the Bisons go to their triple A all star break, and then we'll quickly play a three game home set versus Rochester starting Friday, July 22nd over the weekend. So that's pretty cool. A little quick three game set. You know, I know all of us are usually uh, seeing them have six game home sets. This one's a quick three game setter over the weekend. So that's, you know, very interesting, I'd say. And the highlight of the week for us again. Pretty easy to pick. I mean, they won two games, and the game that we chose was their 6-1 win uh, last Friday versus Syracuse, as you know, the offense for the Herd were led by LJ Talley, Talley and Chavez Young uh, homers, and the Bisons used five pitchers to shut down the Mets' offensive attack, only giving up one run and striking out 10 batters. So, overall, great pitching performance. Obviously, Tally and Chavez supply the offense. The Bisons get a rare, a, a very incredibly rare win in July. Uh, so again, you know, I I, th- I say that we were thankful this week that there was at least a highlight of the week after last week when they didn't win a single game. We didn't. We all had lowlights. So again, for maybe the last month, we are all hoping here at the Buffaloing Podcast that next week's rundown is a lot more positive to talk about for the Bisons and Blue Jays, and hopefully they break out of this July cursed. Well, thanks for coming aboard, and we will be back with our new segment right after this. Here at the Buffalonian Podcast, we are looking for sponsorships
0: to take our podcast to the next level. If you are at all interested, feel free to DM us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter and let us know. Thank you for listening, and enjoy the rest of the show.
1: And we are back with the Buffalonian Podcast, and we have a you know, semi-big announcement, I guess, to announce on the podcast. We are... Having a new segment, then you know, this is the beginning of hopefully you know a common pod you know theme throughout the pod of a would you rather, just kind of a sports question that you know is just you know meant to, for us to kind of debate and just have an interesting lively debate on, and hopefully you know you guys are tuning in and listening, and you know drop us down share your opinion on, you know would you rather one way or another, and the rules are you know one person is picked every week. This week is my week. And I only know the question, and Joe and Mike are going in completely blind, so they have no prep, nothing. Yeah, yeah. I also don't no, know. No, I've got nothing. Okay. I also have no prep because I, you know, I wanted to be as fair as possible. So here is my would you rather. Wait,
2: wait, wait. Can I just ask one thing? Did yeah. you look up this, would you rather, or did you come up no, with it No, I yourself?
1: came up with it all by myself. Oh, yeah. come on. Yeah. i got to give myself, come right. on, come on. What, right. what is that? I just want to make
2: sure. Alright, nope, just checking, just checking. Since
1: we didn't talk any football, any Bills, I thought, you know, my first would you rather, you know, the Sabre stuff would be a Bills question. No,
2: right.
1: Not Bills question, but, you know, football. Yeah. Would you rather. So, would you rather be the number one wide receiver on a team with a terrible quarterback or a number three wide receiver with a team with an elite quarterback?
2: Mm. Um, well, that depends.
0: I mean, you got to think about it this way. Being a number one wide receiver is, a, is an accomplishment all in itself, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like, if you look at it with the NFL this past season, OBJ and Baker injured, right? Mm-hmm. That's a number one, quote-unquote, wide receiver um, with a lackluster quarterback due to injury, we knew. But many complaints, yes. where you have someone like, uh, granted, not number three, you have Gabe Davis on the Bills, right? Sure. As, you know what third, I mean? third target. Third, you know what I mean? Like that kind of a thing. And I'd rather be in Gabe Davis's situation. Absolutely. I think with the elite quarterback, you you might not play as much, you might not be touted and paid as much as the number one wide receiver, but with an elite quarterback you have a way to pave your way to that if you want.
2: Here's the thing. <laughs> DeAndre Hopkins... guys eat the Hershey's
1: over here right now. DeAndre
2: Hopkins, (laughs) before he got Deshaun Watson, had bum quarterbacks.
1: Tom Savage was probably his best quarterback. And
2: he put up great numbers, was an all-pro, earned a massive contract, got traded for a second-round pick.
1: And David Johnson's contract was terrible.
2: Yeah. So, he was still this elite playmaking player, even though he had a bad quarterback, which just goes to show that he was just that great of a player... And I think that would be the move from a personal you, you, standpoint. You'd rather would be, be the
1: move. number one? Yes. All right, so I am the deciding yeah. vote. Wow, I didn't really fight this. So I think if I was... Mm, see, being the number one receiver is really cool, but then if you have a bad quarterback play and your numbers drop, then everyone starts talking about how overrated you are. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? With OBJ. Everyone talks about how overrated yeah. OBJ That's was. That's why I made the relation. because That's a just, great relation. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But... You know, I think it goes back to me. You know, you see a wide receiver like Christian Kirk, mm-hmm. who was a number three wide receiver, really, for Arizona. Yeah. And he had an elite quarterback in Kyler Murray, and he was able to then get signed with Jacksonville for a bank, signed four yeah. years, $84 million. And if you're telling me if, if Christian Kirk had, you know, Tom Savage or mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of a really bad quarterback off the top of my Jared Goff. brand Weaver if he had a very bad quarterback, Taylor, e. if, if Christian Kirk had a very bad quarterback, you. he would not get that contract at all. Carson Wentz? Yeah.
2: Carson you, Wentz was going to be the 2017 MVP if he didn't blow out his knee. It's, it's, <laughs> like, it's like, would you yeah.
1: rather be Kerry McLaurin with Trevor. Tra- Taylor, Trevor. Taylor Haneke <laughs> throwing you the ball, or would you rather be. A guy like Gabe Davis, I think that's a pretty good... Yeah, was with Josh at. Allen. With Josh Allen. And I think the qu- the answer is obviously Gabe Davis, because Gabe Davis had one breakout game. Yeah, and, look and at no it. one talks about how he had... You know, we talk about the Jesse Land and there ter- yes. Yeah, No, like, everyone yeah. talks about how... Nope. Dude, do put up two hundred
0: four for tuds, because no one's... Like First that, ever quarterback. Cor- or- wide receiver at, to have four touchdowns
1: in one single playoff. Just think of it from this perspective. If you're the number one receiver, one, you're you're getting the most attention. Yeah. W- with or without a quarterback. Now yeah. you have a bad quarterback. Like, even when you get open, yeah. the quarterback might miss you. Right. When you're the number three wide receiver, you could do a terrible route and it, just be wide open because no one can, cares about you. Like yeah. Gabe, Gabe Davis. I don't think Gabe Davis was a bad But where was, Diggs
0: was constantly hounded because yes. last season he didn't put up the yardage. Davis barely put anything up in the regular. He did, but
1: he didn't. You know what I mean? And then it. He had. The, like and now said,
0: he's a talk of town. Yeah, he's a talk exactly. of the town. Because, number one breakout. And now,
1: now everyone's taking breakout. Obviously, you know he was listed at two twenty seven now in a recent list, like weight. So it looks like he gained some muscle. I think it's an easy choice as number three because I would rather play for an elite quarterback because I think an elite quarterback leads me to getting more notoriety in the media. Mm-hmm. More positive, I should say. Right, because your highlights are highlights with yeah. an elite quarterback. And, and it's like if you are OBJ, everyone talks. Everyone, as you said, OBJ, everyone talks about how overrated OBJ was, and OBJ was a number one receiver with a bad quarterback. Gabe Davis, everyone's talking about how great he is, and he's now getting like he's getting overrated, but like in a positive way. Yeah, like OBJ, OBJ was getting just shadowed,
0: superstarred him yeah. pretty much. Yeah, yeah,
1: now he's superstarred Now everyone talks about the four touchdown games, and he was, and no one else talks about how. You know, like the, you said, Chief, the Chiefs Diggs. took out Diggs and Knox, and it was Gabe Davis, your one-on-one coverage. Yeah. You have an elite quarterback, too, so if you get open, he's going to give you the ball. Yeah,
0: right. Perfect ball placement, everything. I'd rather be,
1: like I said, number three with a w- number one quarterback. So, Mike, Mike, you'd rather be... Any any defending your number one take?
2: Uh, I mean, I'm just going to go back to, like, the DeAndre Hopkins thing, and I just think of, like, look at Aaron Rodgers as an elite quarterback. Mm-hmm. His number three re- wide receiver is probably velda Scantling.
1: He also just got and, a bag, though. Yeah, I'm
2: just... Yeah, but I mean, how much did he really? That's
1: what I'm saying. He he got a bag though. He got paid. He got yeah, paid because of the true. quarterback. You know what I mean? Like, and you know, I think that's what leads to I, I I agree. Like no, he wasn't you, if you do look much, at DeAndre Hopkins, Mike is absolutely. I correct. think I think like, it's interesting, like the Hopkins and the OBJ comparison, because OBJ is the you know the part the spectrum where he got overheated. But then again, but OBJ, it, is, uh, but Hopkins is the guy that got you know. A ton of respect. Everyone started respecting him because everyone's like, "Oh my god, he's terrible quarterback play," but he still puts up these numbers. Right, and I wouldn't put Stafford as an
0: all-star number one quarterback, but more competent. Sure, you know what I mean. And as soon as OBJ went to him, he was well. Granted, that's not the question, but he was the number one wide receiver with a top quarterback. You know, number two
1: behind Cooper Cup. But I, well, exactly. I, yeah, I, well, I he was. I mean? He was yeah. honestly kind of like the number th- you know two three. So it's kind of like you what can we're
2: even say of. Steve Smith in Carolina.
1: Yeah, yeah. They well, he had... The Jay no Tarone, Cam Yeah, he didn't Cam have Newton. an elite
2: quarterback. Yeah. He was yeah. already gone. Now they like, might with prime. Baker
0: Mayfield. That'll be very interesting to see. They have so,
2: two of the top three picks of 2018.
1: I think it's just a very interesting would-you-rather, and, you know, hopefully... You know, this sparks a good debate between your friends if you're listening, and hopefully you could uh, yeah. give us down. You know, Mike and Joe. I guess I'll just ask for your feedback right now. What do you think? I'm glad we got a little bit of NFL talking today. I think it's something we got to have. And you know, I mean, it's <laughs> just a little, bit, a
0: little sprinkle of it. A little sprinkle of it. You know, there's not a lot going on right now. That's the real issue. And we try to keep it Buffalo based We're not going to talk, sit here and talk about Baker Mayfield for you know 25 minutes to an hour. It's a little you know.
2: reminiscent of uh, the old days when uh, we had our discussions. Yeah, the debates. Yeah, know, you know,
0: Back, throw back to that first one. I, I liked it. I mean, I think it's I think a constructive it's a way, exercise, it's, it's a constructive conversation. I agree. It's yeah. a way to
1: get debates in, but it's quicker, it's easier. And yeah, it's, not, it's not out. It's not everyone has to like have two pages of research to make sure they say anything. It's just like whatever, whatever pops in your head goes, goes. So. Yeah. No, exactly. And, you know, we'll have more coming
0: every week, and it'll be very interesting to see. I don't know who's taking it next week. We're going to find out. It's going to be a surprise for you guys too. So with that section completed, we're moving on to the final one trivia right after this
2: it is trivia time wrap up the show great way to wrap up the show I'm, I'm, I'm hearing feedback that some of these questions are stumping some people
0: yeah no people love the trivia it's stumped Domini last week was especially it's rough dumb. moment yeah rough moment for both yeah, yeah.
2: no so that, that's good I get you thinking so it wouldn't be good if you knew all the answers right
0: exactly yeah
2: as I go into my first question which I think you'll know the answer <laughs> so all right, let's see
0: Let's put that to the test. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: you know, we're talking about um, all these contracts and stuff the that the Sabres are, are given out here. Um, who who was it that got the
1: biggest contract for the Sabres? Jack Eichel. Are you talking about, like, like,
2: yeah, like yeah, just just in general. Michael. Jack Eichel? Jack Eichel. Yeah, nice
1: easy one. I, eight I, by, I, I, there's I, a softball. I think what's best about that is I mentioned it. earlier. Yeah. 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 Eight, yeah. Yeah. Eight, eight, 8 by 80. 80 million over eight, 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 eight years. <laughs> no, it was,
2: that, that's easy. Yeah. We'll talk more money. We'll do
1: softball. That.
0: Yeah, I've heard that mentioned many times. Why people were like, get rid of them. You yeah, know what I mean, right. like that kind
2: of thing. So we'll go into question two. um More money. So, you know, it it cost Terry Pagula a certain amount of money to buy the Sabers. Oh man, how much did he uh, spend to buy the Sabers?
1: Million or billion? No, it's definitely not billion, because it cost him like 1. 1.4 or 1. 1.7 million. The 7 bills billion. were 1.4. Okay, wait yeah, It was 1.4. I'm going to say uh, 250 million. 250 million. Yeah. No. I think I'm really low. I think
0: you're really high. Really? <laughs> hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Three. Two. 1. one. Well, yeah, I would say right around. The, or, 189
2: no. million. Alright, I wasn't that far off. No, you're pretty close. Two hundred fifty, NHL teams aren't valued like NFL teams unless you're like the Rangers. That's true. That,
1: that was a little, it was a little high. The
2: Sabres is a small market. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's gonna be. Yeah, so we'll wrap it up with another another easy question, another another softball, uh, a little bit of Buffalo topic. What what's the nickname of our city?
1: The, isn't it the Yeah, queen the city? city of good neighbors. That's the Queen... City of Good Neighbors. It is also called the Queen City, isn't it? Ah, it is. I don't know. It's well, the, the City n- of Good Neighbors, though. Nickname yeah. is City of Good Neighbors. Yeah. I don't know. Blue Collar City of Good Neighbors, no, baby. that's, that's the... Philly's the, the, the Brotherly Love or something. City of Brotherly Love. That's what it is. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Look at that.
0: We're good neighbors. One going one he's, <laughs>
2: to he's fact check it.
0: Yeah. But. Oh, we're getting a fact check here ladies and gentlemen. No, I'm just making sure what I said is. We incorrect. are also the
2: Queen
1: City. Yes. Yes. All right, okay. But the
2: nickname is Yeah, the nickname right. Okay. I'm just making sure is. I didn't
1: say something completely no, stupid in no no no, no, no. no. no, no. We are the, yeah, we are the Buffalo City. Name podcast and I feel like I might had I might have had to, like put my, my resignation oh, yeah, yeah. papers up that one. <laughs> well, oh, no. all right.
0: Well, thank you Mike for a wonderful trivia session. It's a little um, bit easier
1: this
2: week.
0: Yes. Yes. Maybe I I mean, we'll see. We'll we'll get some feedback, but that's going to do it for this episode of the Buffalonian Podcast. We thank you all for listening. And I just want to say a couple things before we sign off. Monday, Monday evening, we will be recording with the Breaking Tables Podcast. For the first time, we'll be joining forces, hopefully for a great show. Very much looking forward to it. And the combine date is also being decided currently. It is uh, up in the air, Seeing, pending my, uh, my good health after suffering a possible Achilles injury. So, we'll be letting all the viewers know. And training, training too hard
1: to beat Madhawk. Yeah, the
0: punting off. too hard, you know. So, But, without further ado, that's going to end it for the Buffalonian Podcast. I'm Joe Kelly, along with Dom Loss and Mike Marino. Thanks for listening. And, Dom, how do you always end these?
1: Go Bills, baby.
0: Go Bills.